This is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Combust. This is Prison of Time. Uh, this is a track that actually comes out in the middle of this LP that they dropped last Friday. Combust has a new record. It's called Another Life. It's uh, Cash Only Records. Combust out of Staten Island, New York. They probably got some members all over the city. You know, there's a lot of bands that are searching through the fucking annals of YouTube to look for this weird random 90s fucking video to emulate but not that can bust they're just out there sounding like the greatest fucking band in hardcore history killing time yeah i really suggest you go on the spotify you bust out another life opening track of the big game i'm telling you if you don't hear killing time in that i don't know what the fuck you're listening to but um andrew is a kid who comes up and down all over the fucking east coast for shows we just had him at the church recently, and um, cool band. So check it out. Combust. Another Life is the LP. It's streaming. You can buy it. Check it out. Support Real Hardcore, which sometimes is in shorter supply. A lot going on today. In fact, um, you're hearing this now because I was on race- Wasted Radio. What is Wasted Radio? Matt Arnum. He is a... Uh, Young hardcore kid from Western Pennsylvania started a podcast. I, I actually I remember him reaching out and asking me about some stuff like where to have the podcast seated, like where do you base it. For me, I use SoundCloud.com. I hit him up with that, and he wanted to talk about you know PA hardcore and stuff relating to this is hardcore fest and Shattered Realm and punishment. And so, in lieu of trying to drop a track. You know, keep it steady with the This Is Hardcore podcast. I thought it'd be cool earlier in the morning for those who check out the Instagram feed and all that to check out the podcast I was on with Waste of Radio before we dropped this one. 
So big shout out to those guys for having me. I like being a guest on shows, especially when it's a lot of fun. And as a podcaster in the hardcore community, I was not one of the first by any stretch. I learned everything from Richie Crutch and the Post-America Podcast guys and OG Gavin and the Broad Street Breakdown guys. And I'm lucky to be a part of the Rule of Three, which is the amalgamation of all the friendships into one cool podcast. But especially as new people are coming out and doing podcasts, I love to be a part of it. So make sure you listen to that one. Now, got a lot of fucking shows in this fucking city. Got a lot of shows in this fucking area. And and it's time to just say that no one has an excuse for not coming to fuck out now. No more of this COVID. Tired of hearing about this fucking mask mandate and the fucking back and forth. And if your life depends upon arguing on the internet or calling people a certain term because they do not sit on whatever side of the equation for you, you got to get a new fucking life, man. Go outside, smell the fucking air. But, um, yeah, that's how I look at it. And I'm sorry if that's fucked up, but that's just how I'm going to look at it. You know, I think that the mask on and off, the va- the the vaccine mandate stuff, most states, at least out here, at the state level or the city level, the mandate mask is pulled back, but it's still federal. But I believe by mid-April, the federal mandate will be pulled. And hopefully we don't have to have the fucking debate anymore because it's fucking annoying as fuck in the comment sections of every fucking show bitching whether or not there's vaccination requirements and all that nonsense. I just hate the argument. I don't, I'm not telling you where I stand on it. I just fucking hate the argument. So, here we go. Also, for those of you who checked out, I think it was two weeks ago, we had Gridiron, No Good at Goodbyes, which was the title track. That fucking monster dropped today. A lot of people out there, whew, calling it the greatest record of the year so far. I don't know, man. We got some got some stuff in line that might contest that, but definitely a fucking banger. Matt Carl somehow magically became the coolest frontman in hardcore and put the smallest town with the most amount of talent in eastern Pennsylvania in decades on the map, Boyertown, again. So give my props to those guys for the fucking effort. And uh, no good at goodbyes is definitely a fucking banger. Ass beater through and through. So... Good on my boys. Now, let's get into some Philly shows before we get into the topic tonight. Tomorrow, from within Showcase. This is the last time Eco Strike's going to play. You know, uh, Philly is such a cool town. Lennon just had said, fuck Florida, moved up here. He's got new projects, new things to fucking do. He said, fuck Florida. So, Eco Strike, last show. The show starts tomorrow, 2 p.m. Magnitude You want to talk about a hardcore band That just fucking gives you the chills When everyone's taking the fucking mic Absolutely fucking fantastic band They're playing the show Make sure to check it out I mean At different times I've seen Magnitude steal the show And I think tomorrow's going to be the Ending a church show with those two Is going to be fantastic Payback's on this bitch My boy's in Shackled Phew. This kid just keep coming up Simulacra, that Dom, he's on the mend. Heard he's going to be kicking ass for a lot more time than he thought. Good on him. Warren, hardest voice in hardcore. That guy, he's not in the tough guy band. He plays that fast, scary shit that all you kids who want to wear giant pants and basketball jerseys look like a 90s cartoon. Don't listen to, but they're fucking fantastic. See the pain from fucking Florida. 
Burning Strong from Florida. Final right. This is uh, the Age of Apocalypse. Roommates, they jumped up at the Keystone Hardcore Jam when Age couldn't make it. They're fucking fantastic. Best car and off the tracks. This is a From Within record showcase. Carter, we've had him on the show. Make sure to check out From Within Podcast, another hardcore podcast that I dig. But um, yeah, that's the show tomorrow. Don't fucking miss it. Next up, next week, we got Integrity with that Age of Apocalypse and Savage Mystic at the Polish Club. Why are we doing shows at the Polish Club? Why are we doing shows at the... It's fucking April. There's a thousand million shows. There's a ton of shows that got canceled because of the COVID that got moved to springtime. And there's not just Philly hardcore shows doing shows in the area. There's R5. There's Dave Kiss. There's 433. There's all these venues that we use that other people use. So we don't have access to the venue. Car Blanche. We don't know the fucking venue. So sometimes we want to do a show and it's got to go outside. So this one is at the Polish Club. And this is the start of a solid run of shows at the fucking Polish Club. And I hope that you guys check some of this shit out we have coming up. Next up on that one would be the Knock Loose Show. It's not a show we're putting on. My brother Chris, part of the Trinity. Chris Mahmood from Mushmouth. You know, it's the guy who was doing shows, and I mentioned this on the Wasted Radio podcast. Chris was doing hall shows when I was coming up in hardcore and still learning the ways. And 28, 29 years later, he owns one of the most successful, independently owned, this is key, independently owned thousand person plus venue can't fucking say that anymore because between the fucking live nations the fucking aegs everyone buys up all these big fucking clubs but chris have died in a pa hardcore dude fucking owns his own venue does some cool shit and he's got knock loose coming through it's a a tear in the fabric of life sounds very dramatic with movements my boys in Kublacan and the least pretty but greatest band from Long Island after Incendiary and Overthrow, Coyo. Wednesday, April 6th, Club Reverb. This year's almost sold out. And I was uh we were setting up the Keystone Jan Halloween special, October 29th, and I was talking to Chris on the group chat and I said, Yo, let me put this shit up for you. Cause he said the show was almost sold out. Don't fucking miss out. All right. Two days later on a Friday. Zababa's coming. That's right. And we know this ain't going to be like LDB with people hiding in the fucking back. This is going to be up front, killing each other, 15 fucking years of fear. Zababa played the first East Coast show at This Is Hardcore in 2010. One of my favorite bands from the West Coast. The hardest of the fucking bands on the West Coast. And then more importantly, you know, much love to my brother Kane, who now plays in Shadow Realm. But all this death metal shit that everyone's trying to fucking relive. It's all because of Zababa. Put your fucking respect on that band's name. You want to talk about the band? There was no fucking Zababa dropping that fucking monster back in fucking 2000 and fucking, what was that? Two, I think that was in 2015. That thing was a monster. And I'm not going to fucking say the name and fuck up the fucking, uh, fucking, fucking clown though for uh, not speaking pa- Spanish properly. But this is one of the hardest bands with a huge death metal influence that took a couple years and now everybody's trying to be Zababa. Much love to those guys. But this is a double stat because we also have the Death Before Dishonor, Cruel Hand, and Year of the Knife Tour coming through. 
Buried Dreams and Missing Link also won the bill. This is a fucking do not miss. And another reason why is because it's part of a two-show package. The very next fucking day, Gridiron, a band we just talked about. It's a record release party with Tsunami from the Bay. First time they're playing in this area, the boys of Queensway. Patrick Gardner's looking fucking wild, man. Love that dude. Make sure you check that fucking show out. Queensway, Division of Mine, Invoke, Little Joe Heath, and Pretty Zach Barone, carried by Six, the most dangerous but emotional person in the Philadelphia hardcore scene. Carried by Six. Great fucking show. And, um, yeah, we got we got so much more coming up. I'm, I could talk for fucking 10 more fucking years about all the shows, whether it's the Desolated Born New, These Streets show at the Polish Club, the Gold show that Bob just did that's completely sold the fuck out. We're also co-promoting the, uh, co-promoting the Agnostic Front Sick of It All show at the Brooklyn Bowl. That's going to be Thursday, May 12th, which starts in a crazy fucking weekend of shows. AXBX got something cooking for Friday the 13th. It's unannounced. We got Earth Crisis, Snapcase Strife, Fixation, and Vision. It's part of the return of the California Takeover weekend in Philly. That show's been sold out. And that Sunday, it's going to be Strife, Earth Crisis, Snapcase, Ignite, and Year of the Knife. That show's also been sold out. The show we just put on sale, two fucking day. Terror, Kublacan, Sanswish, Pain of Truth, and Shackled at the Church. Telling you, no offense to all you bands dropping records in 2022, but the fucking terror record is outstanding, phenomenal, their best potential record. You know, I said it in the last podcast, every single fucking record terror does. If you're a young kid and you're out and that new record drops, that's going to be your favorite terror record, might even be your favorite hardcore record. This new one is no fucking difference, and it's... It's a high water mark for their band. I can't wait for people to check it out. That's due out May 6th, the record. But the show is May 16th. It's a Monday at the church and tickets are on sale now. Now, I know you kids are fucking retarded. And I don't care about using that word. Sorry for those who get really upset. But you want to talk about hardcore and you're Googling fucking bullshit from the 90s that played 20 shows. Get real. Step it the fuck up. And time to fucking learn that the exploited... Agnostic Front, Negative Approach, Discharge. These are the fucking bands you should be fucking going through the fucking archives and getting your fucking head wrapped around. And to have the exploited play the church is probably one of the coolest things. And this year is my 25th year of doing shows. And I never thought in a million years I booked the exploited. I got lucky that we had them at this hardcore in 2015. But Waddy and the boys are back at the fucking church with Harley Flanagan's mags. And total chaos. And, and it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You're never going to see the exploited at a venue like the First Unitarian Church again. Get off your ass. Stop trying to fucking find big uh, Goodwill pants and fucking basketball jerseys. Get real with real hardcore punk. Be at the fucking exploited. All these shows are available at phillyhcshows.com. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. We'll probably have a TikTok at some point if we get somebody who's fucking... Not busy with 10,000 other things on the staff and want to try to make one. It'd be kind of funny. But, um, yeah. So that's what we got. Also, This Is Hardcore Progress is continuing. If you didn't listen to the last episode, check it out. It goes over some of the FAQs, frequently asked questions, around the fest, etc., etc. Tonight, 
we're going to go into a different direction. This is a sort about how to's earlier on. If you had heard the Andy Rice podcast, I come off with this idea about specifically about going ahead and doing some how to's. And I thought, man, you know, uh, what if someone who had some questions but didn't know how to ask, like, or just wanted to hear my stupid ass thoughts? Because apparently, with the crazy schedule I've had, working in Atlantic City, driving every day, crazy stuff with shows, I haven't been able to sit down and do one of these three-hour interviews. Linking up, I, I owe Mike Hartsfield. I couldn't make it happen this week. We're still trying to link up with Big Frank. We got a bunch in the works. It's just timing's been really fucking hard. So a bunch of these solo episodes have been coming out, and I appreciate you listening to it. This isn't going to be the new format. I, I just made a promise to myself to release an episode every week. So sometimes this is what you have to fucking listen to. And this one specifically comes off the back of a few things that I saw on Instagram, on Twitter over the last couple months. In fact, some of this actually I was yelling about at a show we had done at the First Unitarian Church. And um, I don't know if it was Gabe the Pigeon or one of them guys or... It was some band that was on tour, and I was reading about this stupid fucking thing where someone had said, I like to get air tags, Apple products that can track things and stick them in my guitar and everywhere. That way, if someone steals your shit, they'll find it. And I knew at that point the era and the tactics and the skill set of surviving in a van to me, had been completely fucking lost. In fact, I'll be honest with you, touring, leaving Philadelphia, jumping in a van with a school bag and a pillow with a hoodie to sleep in was my greatest pastime. And it lasted in the punishment van and even in the Shattered Realm van a lot longer than when I would jump up with the blacklisted dudes. In fact, it was in the blacklisted van driving up for when they were going to do a bunch of shows with Blood for Blood and Ragmen that I first saw Jay Pepito and his fucking iPad or iPhone. What is it? Not iPhone or iPad. What the fuck is it? It's been so iPod. That's right. First thing I did was shake it. I thought it was Skip. Not much of a fucking Neanderthal. And it didn't skip, and I was mind blown. Maybe years later, I'd have my own little iPod to like rock out and fall asleep to, but the entire culture of vehicle travel with multiple people got lost in the era of smartphones, tablets, computers. Now it's like a fucking boring office where everyone sits in the fucking their own circle, listens to their own shit, and no one talks. And so there probably isn't an amount of money that isn't into the realm that doesn't make sense for me to ever make that I would ever even think about doing any form of long touring unless the agreement was no one is allowed to play on fucking technology and just be in their own corner being fucking moody because my entire late teens into my early 20s was being on the road. You know, I don't even, I can't even count. I want to say somewhere around nine or 10 US tours or at least if they weren't full round the clock, all four corners, half of it, you know, multiple drives right to the Midwest, multiple drives right to Texas, multiple times driving right to Florida, driving into Canada. You know, if you na- if you can if you can think of a route we've driven it, the upper routes, 
that no one goes the lowest routes down close to Mexico. You know, this is what I did. So I did for a long time. And just being in a van with fucking modern younger people fucking sucks. Just want to fucking play on their bullshit phone. It's like, yo, if you're going on tour, why the fuck? I, I don't know. Not me. Yeah, I, I still am a voracious reader. Though in my adult life, I have less time. But the only thing I would do, like, you know, when you talk to the point where you can't talk anymore, which is hard to do on a tour. But even more so now, I think people don't know how to talk, so they have less time to talk. But, you know, there's always a book you can pick up. I remember one of some of my favorite things about touring was everybody buying books or bringing books with them. And then by the time you would get on tour, you might be a week or two in, you got to swap books. Um, I wasn't hip to Mario Puzo till I toured with Joe Nunn. I knew they were books, but I'm not reading some like Dago, you know, paperback, like fantasy shit. But reading a good fella, um, reading the, the the Godfather, and actually his best book is his book called The Last Don. And they had a really shitty movie that uh, Danny Iola did. That was probably the coolest Puzo book, from, in my opinion. But, um, you know, a lot of true crime books we read. I was in Texas and I bought a first edition Salem's Lot. Thought that was cool as fuck. A big Stephen, I'm always a big Stephen King fan. And just talking about books, talking about things, having this like fucking, this interaction where you're on tour and, and this is a lot of this is pre-internet. You know, there's no cell phone. There might have been a flip phone. There might have been like one of them chirping phones, but this isn't the fucking smartphone era. So you got to cross ideas and talk and listen to records or listen, you know, we had them on CDs. Um, definitely listen to a lot of really bad hardcore band CDs and threw them out the window. Sorry, guys, that was Roadside Records. Um, there was a lot of just talk about things that we liked, bullshit. And you got to know the people in your band pretty well, and you had a bond. And, and you also remember that in the bands that I was in, we actually used to fist fight each other. True, not slap and argue, not subtweet, but like straight up out and out fist fight brawls in the fucking vehicle, outside the fucking vehicle. And so you had a little bit of everything. And I, I do advocate violence within a band. And I think in a, in a time when people barely fight at shows, which is a positive thing, their level of passive aggressism and the level of side comments and pussiness in the way that people handle social interaction with a friend just drives me nuts because we would just say, fuck this, let's just fight and get this over with. And then we go back to being cool where the smallest little dis, you know, grievances become just fucking room for people to just like build a case to hate you forever instead of just fucking man up and punch you in the fucking mouth. And having been punched in the mouth in my bands, I'm good with it. I like it. I like when you just get the fucking shit over with. That's a wild tangent going into a topic. Basically, that is stuff that I think is lost in the world of touring now. The air tags, the idea that, yeah, let's let someone break into your vehicle. And it's okay if they steal your shit because you just have this magic tag that they don't have any way of being able to immediately find it or, you know, cover it up with something. I was reading all this shit about it because I'm like, how the fuck does someone, like, you don't leave your house unlocked and put an air tag on your TV, a lock your motherfucking door. Why the fuck would you go on tour and you leave your fucking guitar and everything? That's the other thing is all this fucking technology, 78,000 chargers, 48 feet of fucking 
uh, little wires, seven separate adapters, the micro USB, the USB-C, whatever the Apple weird-ass fucking computer chip-looking motherfucker looks like. Uh, you have to fucking, got to have like a 20-strip fucking thing so everyone can charge their stuff. You just ask and get fucking robbed. Just asking for people because they go, oh, that, you know, so many different stupid things that I see. And in the era of GoFundMe, yeah, oh, we lost something cool. Hey, can you come pay for this right now? Because, you know, we're a touring band and it's so hard. And this and then you write this fucking emphatic statement. This is my entire life dream to go on tour. Well, when you in the dream section, did you think about security? No, because no one no one talks anymore. No one no one thinks to ask Anyone else, like, you know, like, you're just ready to sojourn out. I actually love touring solely because the first time I went on a real U.S. tour, i never been past the Mississippi, went to Chicago, went to Detroit, you know, went up and down the Northeast, went a little bit south, not too much past, like, fucking Virginia Beach or whatever, but, like, I'd always read books and wanted to see what the Midwest and, you know, like, all that was, obsessed with that kind of stuff. I feel like... People touring today look on their phones and never see outside the window. And they don't think about these things. These are the things that matter. And so in a, in a really crazy tweet, uh, a girl, Julia, Julia who um, Colin Feeney's uh, partner, she works for CU Space Cowboy. She's a really tight tour manager, runs a, a real tight ship, knows what the hell she's talking about kind of combated against the idea that was put out that was saying all these reasons why touring in your van is just not a good idea like sleeping in it's not a good idea and here's a reason why and I was so befuddled that some of the the reasons and it, it fucked me up and that's a a huge part of it you know like it, it, it fucks me up to think that in a in a time of DIY, which is what everybody's champion, right? Everybody's champion being DIY, that someone would have a crazy argument that would say specifically that having someone stay in the van is not a good idea, and here's why. I mean, Wisdom and Chains has an entire fucking song written about it. If you guys want to listen to Cap City, I mean, it's literally a song about Richie sleeping in the back of the van Someone jumping in and starting to drive the truck away. Richie punching this guy in the face and then crashing. And then being stuck in Ohio and trying to get home because these guys would tour all fucking weekend. Get back to Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania and be in a um, a bus that takes you from PA to New York to work construction jobs that Monday morning. And I'm reading this shit and it's like one of the things they brought up was... You know, let's be professional. It's not good to show up at venues smelling like you toured in a van. It's like, wait, what the fuck are we doing here? Now, maybe this person is coming from a band that has, like, cellos and fucking some crazy shit that I don't understand. But that's the fucking way tour was working, bro. You would just go out there, a bag of clothes. Every I'm the dude that bought too many T-shirts. Too many T-shirts, too much of this, too much of that. Paranoid as fuck about not having enough shit. Until I started getting to Europe and just didn't want to lug it all the time in and out of the van at all the different places we were staying. You know, plus we used to sneak a lot of merch in our own bags so we didn't have to, um, I forget what the rules were, but we sneak a lot of Shattered Realm merch that we would bring in to sell in Europe 
in our own merch, so we didn't, uh, in our own clothes, so we didn't bring as much shit. But the idea of a DIY band being concerned about traveling and like not looking professional, pulling up to a club is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and like just the complete opposite of anything that I've ever experienced. And in fact, like there's an entire genre of train hopping, crusty punks that write some of the most vicious raw music that are celebrated for not looking or being professional. <laughs> so I just, I, I kind of think it's sometimes that we're in different planets when I read the Twitter because so many people, so many fucking people fuck it up. Yeah, Julia, she works with LDB. She works, um, partner with Colin Feeney, um, incredible tour manager. In fact, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, in this tweet, there was some crazy stuff saying like all the reasons why women, queer, and people of color shouldn't tour. And I'll tell you, you know, from personal experience, Gina Pollock out of Tulsa, Oklahoma is one of the best examples of a person who kind of is coming from hardcore into an insanely professional career. She's getting ready to get her. I mean, she's already through law school and doing all the, the lawyer stuff, but she was absolutely a fucking force to be reckoned with when she worked for Rotting Out. In fact, there's more girls that work for This Is Hardcore and Philly Hardcore shows than anything because I, I when we have a female come on our staff, they fucking they get the fucking job done. Now, granted, we got, you know, we got some dumb guys like us, me, Bob, Kev, you know, whatever. But, you know, every time I've ever given a task to one of our females who work, whether it's the Philly Hardcore Shows or This Is Hardcore Fest, the women get the job done. Detail-oriented. They don't fuck around. And, And to read this fucking tweet, and it's like all these reasons, and including, like, periods, it's like, dude, I've toured with women. I've never had... Any experience other than that, every once in a while, we kind of knew that the girl might want to go to the bathroom and get freshened up and look a certain way before showing up. But then we also toured with girls that didn't give a fuck. It's it's insane, you know? So that thread was part of it, and the AirTags thing was part of it. And, and this has been going on for a while, where bands just show up, they don't cover their shit up, they don't hide their shit, you know, I mean... They're also over the era of like van stickers all over the van, which was something we used to do all the time. But you're pulling up in a van, you know, yeah, there's thousands of dollars worth of stuff in here that you just can't replace. And yeah, you know, the bands that do lose their trailers, you know, yeah, they do get support and they get to buy their stuff back, but that's not the fucking point. You put some extra locks on that motherfucker. When your life bought a van, I told Maddie, get some extra vans, you know, get some extra big locks, like the industrial locks, like on a work truck. You know, there's a there's a lot of experience that I gained from construction and just looking at how many vans different companies I worked with had. They have these big bolt-on fucking locks that really is a deterrent because anyone can break anything if they have X amount of times. But this ain't a fucking, this ain't Ocean's Eleven, all right? You know, you're going to get a plasma cutter to rob some van of their band equipment. But, you know, it's the simple things. Don't leave don't leave shit out. You know, um, don't make it look obvious that you guys are parked for a night. And again, goes back to what Julia was saying where she's like, having someone stay in that van does stop people from breaking in. 
because at the moment the glass breaks, someone's going to pop out. If someone is breaking to a van, it's like, oh, what about the violence? Yeah, there might be a handful of people who are thieves who ain't real, who are really ready to fight. Most of the people who are thieves are fucking junkies. You maybe you jump up and scare them. They're like fucking an animal in the woods. They're going to run the fuck away. You know, and I, I'd rather pay for a broken window than be on GoFundMe being like, I lost my laptop and thousands of dollars of irreplaceable gear that I probably should never have had out in the open. Lock your shit the fuck up. Cover it the fuck up with blankets. Make it look like there's no shit worth stealing. Which, I, and again, I'm not going to be a fucking dickhead here, but I will say a lot of you motherfuckers don't live somewhere where shit gets stolen until you're in your 20s and you're in college living in a city. You know, but we grew up where we had nothing. But the people next down the street, they might want that little bit of thing you got. So you did have to worry about your shit getting taken. You didn't leave that CD book out because you don't know what crackhead's going to break your fucking window and fucking steal it. This is a fucking reality to people who had to live their whole lives with people not wanting to get their little bit of what they have fucking stolen. You go into a fucking poor person's house, there's bats, knives, fucking trap doors, pit bulls, you know, I, I, I ain't got shit, but you come three feet in my house, I'm wanted, you're going to have to fucking go. It's going to be a fucking mission for you, cuz. And yet, la-di-da, cul-de-sac land, we're going to go on our first tour, nothing gets locked up, nothing gets fucking hidden. This is how people steal shit, this is how people case shit, you know? And, and I toured with Lansdale, people who had fucking cows and fucking big ass ponds and shit all around their neighborhood but they still were smart chris beer had that shit locked you know we had a fucking you know how low low tech my first u.s tour was we had a fucking tv in the middle of the driver's seat and the passenger seat in this van and all we had was a nintendo 64 toured a lot in that van all over never had anyone steal our shit because we weren't fucking idiots had so much gear, so much merch. Never had people steal our shit because we thought about that stuff. Oh, you got a trailer? Back it up somewhere. Don't let it just be able to be uh, pulled away or broken out. Yeah, we knew about the whole hotel scam because that shit was going on forever. Yo, Fear Factory got their shit taken in Philly. I think even Hapri got their shit taken in Philly because you park it in a hotel lot and you think, oh, we're safe, we're in a parking lot. It's like, man, them security guards ain't paying attention to your shit. And people who are especially by the airport, they just sit around and fucking case a, case a situation. They see a big van, they see a trailer, it's like, oh, let's go steal something, see what jackpot we got. You know? Fear Factory. Before the age of fucking Code Orange and all the goofy fucking shit, they, those crazy assholes carry. Fear Factory was the bad motherfuckers with all this fucking Nintendo 64 sound and fucking music. And those motherfuckers were the ones with all this crazy extra gear. And they got it all stolen in Philly because they weren't fucking being smart. Not that dysphoria, though. Not Chris Beer. Motherfucker had locks on locks. Everything got covered up. Even a crackhead wouldn't even think to steal that fucking TV because it looked like it was strapped to fucking to survive a fucking nuclear holocaust. Without my, my number one tip off the bat, I'm down with Julia. Put someone in the fucking van. And take turns if you don't want to always sleep in the van. And for all you creepo weirdos, this ain't a tip, but there's enough creepy assholes in vans or in bands you know, you take the broad to the van. Have, you know, a little sleepover for you two and you get the fucking extra fucking benefit of fucking security, a creep. You know, it's simple shit like that. I've never been someone to 
advocate crazy weapons in the vehicle, but there are ad hoc weapons. You can't travel with certain weapons. But yet, in Shattered Realm Punishment, we did some dumb shit. <laughs> shit, I might be like, I don't know how crazy we should get now, but in our 20s, we did some dumb shit. Tour with crazy shit. It also cost us a lot. Get caught, pulled over by the cops. But that's for the story. That's for the uh, autobiography, not for this podcast. You know, so you got to be smart about when you're traveling. You know, um, way back in the day, <laughs> I, I love dunking on this. This is some bridge nine board shit. But uh, that with honor band had their cash box stolen, and everyone's like, "This is horrible." I'm like, "Nah, fuck that." Yo, man, you're going to have a box that looks like people would have money in it because they're sold at office stores to be like a petty cash bin. So universally, dickheads who are crackheads or people who are trying to steal shit are looking for things that look like they're designated to hold money. So how are you going to leave the cash box in a vehicle? That's that's rule number fucking 1.2. 1.1 is if you're sleeping somewhere, someone sleeps in the van. The next one right after that. Don't even want to call it rule two. Because it's right next to rule one. Don't leave no fucking money in that motherfucker. Man, I had shit nothing. And people were breaking in. Trying to break in my car for fucking handfuls of change. Are you out of your rabbit ass mind? Having the merch money? Under the fucking seat? Or under a... What the fuck is wrong with you? That's not even... That's fucking crazy to me. Someone got to rock with the school bag. Hopefully they're the one with the hands. And, and really, you know, <laughs> there is a lot of cash in the enterprise of touring. But there's a lot of digital stuff going on now. So you put the extra little digital things in there. Oh, I don't want to carry it with me. Well, then, bitch, you should have put it in the van. Because if it gets stolen, the first thing you do is cry about how you not have it. I never toured with a laptop. I don't even have a good one. But, you know, this piece of shit laptop that makes this podcast either great to put out or makes me miserable and I got to stay up to four in the morning because it's fucking crashing on me. I'll, I'll strap this thing right to my fucking ass. I'll look like the fucking Tomb Raider with it strapped to my fucking leg before I fucking leave it in the fucking van. Are you in your rabbit ass mind? So, yeah, 1.2 because we're not calling that rule two. We'll call it 1A or something. Don't leave fucking expensive shit that can get carried away like a fucking cash box. All your money should be fucking on one person. That should just rule be fucking it's rule number one, A. And, you know, yeah, if you got some fucking shit you don't want stolen that you can carry with you, carry it with you. Don't be a bitch. Especially now in the age of all these stupid fucking canvas bags. You motherfuckers are actually have something to put in that fucking stupid thing. So do that. We don't fucking we don't fucking leave the van unattended overnight. And we don't leave money. And we don't leave expensive shit in vans. Because that's fucking stupid. And crackheads and thieves. You know, maybe one of them knows how to fight. Most of them are just high. And want to steal some shit. And don't want to get into fights. Otherwise they'd be in a different form of crime. They're going to run the fuck off. So, don't overthink it. When it comes to trailers. That's a huge other issue. You got to lock shit up. And lock shit up right. And there should be like a double redundancy. Two people should check. Trailer should be fucking hard as fuck to steal. You know? And yet, time and time again, oh, they broke into our trailer. I guarantee you dumb motherfuckers left the lock off. You know? I, I'm telling you. the the I'm a man of the ADHD world. I play wallet, keys, cell phone, 
so many times I feel psychotic, like I, like I, I like I'm fucking obsessed, but I'm constantly worried about where my shit is. If I'm in a fucking tour, I'm locking that bitch up three times. You know, like it, it, it's just personal responsibility. And and to lean on the words of our Lord and Savior Jocko Willink, take some fucking ownership. Should be it is everyone's responsibility in a van to check on the security and the lockup of a fucking vehicle. That's just straight up how the fuck it is. You know, like, oh well, he was supposed to. Well, why weren't you there with him? What 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 major life? changing moment where you experienced that you couldn't be there to be like let's double check before we leave this fucking vehicle that we got the trailer locked up twice we have the chain locked up to there you want to make this motherfucker look like no one wants to steal it and I'm not saying beat it up and make it look like shit but make it look like oh man it's a fucking hassle I'm not even going to bother because it's going to be a lot of noise the neighbors are going to come out you know it's simple shit you got a trailer? I know a lot of you motherfuckers can barely drive, so I know backing up a fucking van. I see you motherfuckers with trailers. You guys are god-awful these days. Marron, fucking terrible at it. But you got to learn to fucking back it up against the wall because that's fucking security number three. Lock the bitch up. Put that shit against the wall any chance you motherfucking get because someone just wants to run up and break the door or break the lock and get in there. They see it against the wall. They're like, fuck, I ain't want to try this bitch. They'd rather try to break in your car and get in there. Even then, there's fucking little kill switches, little things in the van that I'm not we're putting in the rules, but this should just be fucking common fucking sense here. You know, a lot of a lot of these bands these days talk too much about what money they make. I that's an ego thing. That's a look at me thing. That's a metric thing. I, th- I talk enough on this podcast about the metric obsession and the younger crowd, but like. You don't hear nobody screaming they got $10,000 walking down the street. But you dickheads are doing it regularly. And what, you don't think that someone in the crowd near the merch table might be like, these motherfuckers got $10,000? I'm going to take that $10,000. You know, I don't know what fucking fairy fucking land you guys grew the fuck up in. But for every fucking person out there getting it, there's someone going, I'm going to get that. I'm going to take what he's got. That's what this fucking world is. The people that go out and get after it. And a couple people who are grimy enough to take what you got. And it's not the fucking movies. It's not you open the door and there's a gun, a long-barreled fucking revolver is stuck to your head. It's you jerking off in someone's fucking bedroom sleeping or in a fucking hotel, not paying attention to your shit and someone running off with it. But I wouldn't be telling nobody shit about what money I got. I don't give a fuck what band you're in. I don't give a fuck what promoter you're in. Bro, that's your fucking business. The people that keep their business to the chest are smarter people than the people that are out broadcasting at a fest. I sold this amount of merch. Man, you don't know who the fuck is listening. It's just fucking common sense. Or at least that's how what we the fuck came up. I don't know what fucking world you guys lived in, but I don't tell nobody what fucking money I got in my pocket, what I got in my house. I got a fucking dog in my house and dirty laundry and a beat up fucking laptop because I told you I have a beat up laptop. That's what I got. Now I have no fucking telling everybody this shit because it's not our fucking business. You guys got to keep that shit to your fucking chest. But I know it's bragging rights to tell some band, <laughs> you know what we did? You don't know what these fucking people are about. Got to keep it to the chest. Now, a lot of times touring, the hardest thing about it was just getting access to the venue. 
it could be a real motherfucker. So you do have those times where you're going to drop out like a fucking trained Marine unit. Drop in. Drop the... All right, now we're going to go park it. Two people, not one person should go park. It's good for backing in. And then you get that double redundancy, man. That let me check this out. Let me like let me go with the person. Plus, the person backing the van up probably might end up being the person who's got that money bag that we talked about in Rule 1A. So if you're rolling in with all the merch money and whatever, why let the guy roll alone? You don't know what the deal is, especially in cities. I was laughing my ass off. How come every time we park near the Creepy Crawl in St. Louis, people get their van to Because probably for a fucking stupid, oh, cool, we could park our van here and save $12 parking it somewhere else. That's what we'll do. And this shit was getting taken. You don't understand about crime. You don't understand about the inner city way of life and the fact that people are predictable. And there's predators. This is where the predictable and predators are very similar in that suffix word. You know? They predicate upon the weak. They go ahead and they predict. Oh, there's some dumb punk rock band playing down here. Let's see where they put their van. And they watch and they wait. And as soon as no one's around, boom, they strike. What, you ever see fucking Batman? They guys all love the fucking movies, all them fucking shows. What do you think them low-level thieves that Batman shouldn't even put his hands on are fucking doing? They're sitting in alleys waiting to steal some dumb shit so they don't have to go get a regular-ass job at Walmart. And there you are. Parking your shit somewhere, not thinking about somebody like that going to steal your fucking shit. So, you got to think smart. You got to think, I don't fucking like any time I park something of value. I don't give a fuck if I'm in fucking the nicest place in fucking Beverly Hills. Because another thing that happens is, where do you think people steal nice shit? In nice places. What, you don't think that people in Rittenhouse Park get their shit taken often because they're lazy? In fact... There's less shit to take in there is like Frankfurt and North and, and South Philly and Southwest because people ain't got that much. I don't still take your shit. But they know if they go somewhere where people aren't used to people taking their shit, it'll be easier and they might get more shit. So even in the nice areas where you think you shouldn't, you're not from there. You don't know the fucking way. Follow these fucking simple tips. Think about this shit like you can't just go to GoFundMe. Think about this shit like the fucking band is over. We don't get this fucking gear. We got to keep our fucking merch money. Now, I'm not, I've done so many fucking benefits and I've put up so much money of my own money as part of the help the scene. And, you know, it sucks when my friends lose fucking gear. But let's be really fucking real here. That's become like the fucking immediate fucking backup plan. Fuck it. We didn't do the right thing. We'll just go to GoFundMe and just hope money shows up. And, you know, it will because people love the art. They love the band. They want to support. They feel bad. But I don't feel bad for you motherfuckers. Half of Stupid things. Stupid things. I was busting Peter from fucking Kainashi's balls. They they got the fucking GoFundMe the first time because their shit got stolen. Then they were driving in the vehicle and they didn't lock their trailer up. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what happened. Somebody should have. And that's it. Anybody can do it. Somebody should have did it, but no one fucking did it. Now, I give anybody credit because I've been there a thousand times. Punishment van breakdown in fucking Iowa. We go ahead, we take a bunch of rocks, we draw a target, and we huck the fuck out of these rocks at the side of this van. We're smashing this van. We're so mad about it. Somebody went and did some recon. Next thing you know, hey, man, this guy's going to sell us a van down the street. Pull that motherfucker up. We'll pay him when he gets here. He pulls up a van. We throw our gear in another vehicle. High five the dude and we're out. 
I love hearing stories about bands who get fucked up in a situation, jump in, still go, and push through the tour. But how many times are you going to fuck up? You know, it's like little things. There are people who do not understand vehicles. You know, we had beater vehicles. Never had that money. Never had that thing. And because of that kind of stuff, constant money putting out. Now, all of these vans and shit that we have are older than all of you. Probably as old as some of your parents, probably, in some of these cases. Yeah, you young motherfuckers. But you get a van... You have a couple options. The smartest thing to do as a as a band should never be operating without an LLC in the internet age because a lot of what happens is everything you comes out of you, you get paid for a show, they W-9 you. That W-9, that kind of helps you out because as money comes in that you're worried about paying taxes on, if you're using your LLC and you're paying for shit like routine maintenance on your vehicle at your asset that's under your van you're under your band llc not you know like i'm telling you it's a smarter move across the fucking board you have to prove that you have expenses that you're you're doing this stuff and, and yeah you got to get that oil change and you don't just get the oil change before the tour you look at the checkup you gotta look and see if you got fucking oil you gotta look and look for this shit you know there's still enough people in the world that like vehicles but we're gonna get to the point where people don't even like vehicles no more now, I'm not the world's greatest new car person, but, man, I know everything wrong with a Dodge, Chevy, or a Ford van from fucking 1992 to 74. From just years of hearing shit fuck up and go, oh, I know what that sound is because I've been through it. But, you know, if you got all this time to complain, or not complain, but brag on about how much merch money, take some of that fucking money, don't put it in your pockets, keep it in your van. The better you keep your fucking van running, the better shape, the new tires. That's the shit that's going to keep you motherfuckers on the road. That thing's your whole thing. And any new band starting out, this whole era of not bringing gear, go fuck yourselves. On a side tangent, I'm about to start. You know? Out here playing what? With Guitar Hero shit? Every tour, every show we do, hey, who's bringing Blackline? Man, you should fucking, you should have your own gear. Be a fucking band. You got to dress up for the job you want. You don't show up to a show and be like, I don't bring nothing. What am I going to do, plug you into the fucking wall? No fucking ceiling fan? What the fuck? Shit gets on my nerves. But I'm also watching a lot of bands want to do these things like tours, with the air quote, tours of four shows, and they can't fucking do it because they're so busy buying all this other bullshit, whatever they're doing with the fucking merch money they're selling, and they ain't thinking about getting a vehicle. That vehicle... And this whole fucking point of this podcast is if you're a new band and you want to fucking go, you got to go. You will lose out renting every time. You're putting money out and you're getting nothing in return. Hundreds and thousands of dollars. Hundreds, two thousands, not hundreds of thousands. You spend renting a vehicle. Whereas if you were a little bit smart... Maybe instead of asking the local promoters, hey, man, I'd like to book my own show. We're trying to raise a little money to get a van going. Promoter like me, I'll help you out. I'll do the show. We'll throw you all the scrattle off. We know it's going to a van. You lie to me and you're out there wearing a chain. I'm going to take that shit. But otherwise, you're out there trying to do the good thing and get the band on four wheels. Go out there and conquer the fucking world. I'll be your fucking man. Let's fucking do this. Bands that sit around and just wait for shit to happen. Shit don't happen. You got to make it happen. And it does start with getting a fucking van. Once you start being a band that is playing a lot. 
you know? Now, I'm not going to talk about people's memes and where they come from because I just don't give a fuck. I got my opinions on where 90% of hardcore people come from these days. This is not where I'm from. So I'm going to leave it at that. We didn't have shit. We did some sketchy shit 99% of the times with our vans, wild shit. And uh, again, that's for the autobiography, not for the podcast. And um, But I think that people aren't thinking about the steps. Everybody wants to tour. Everybody wants to sit back and have someone else book their tour, which is a different tangent. I've been on that before. We're not going back. But no one's thinking about how the fuck are they going to get around. Take some of that money. Get a fucking van. Don't be the nicest van. Maybe you don't get the right credit. There's always work vans you can fucking work out. There's always uncles, cousins, someone who can help you figure it out. You get a van, you can take over the fucking world. It's to happen to us. You should see some of the... The Fury of Five van was like this extendo Chevy that literally looked like the scariest fucking vehicle in the world. Right up there after that Jeeper Creepers weird-ass vehicle, that dude was fucking driving. And them motherfuckers kept that thing on the road until eventually on their first U.S. tour it blew up, then they had to take the bus home. But until that point, they fucking went everywhere. You know, all the guys touring in cars and borrowing gear, be a fucking adult. Make your band something real. Get that fucking van rolling. You don't need that trailer. Get that van. And this is like we get to the extra shit. Yeah, trailers are cool and it's bougie. But um, we live in the East Coast here. Try driving a fucking trailer in New Jersey to Philadelphia. And then get hit with like a $16 toll for a trailer. They have to park it differently. Go to New York City. I don't even know what a New York City toll is on a trailer. It's been so long. New York City, regular toll in a car is probably what it was back in 99 when we would travel with this for you in the New York City. You know? In the, in the, in the mid-Atlantic, and the east, nor, even the northeast, trailers are a pain in the ass. The cities are tighter, more condensed. Parking is a fucking nightmare. So we learned a lot to put the gear in the back and sleep on top of it. Or you build a loft. You can build it out of wood. You can even go ahead and get a fucking, you know, somebody can weld you a little top bench. Make it fucking happen. Stop waiting for someone to get to the point where like, oh, we're going to wait for an advance or we're going to like blah, blah, blah. Get that fucking van under you, but take care of it. The bands who get vans, the bands who start moving quicker, I'm telling you, there isn't a band that you can bring up that is not afforded extra we'll talk about like like um video games like there's extra like bonuses to touring your band levels up quicker because you're not playing the same place with the same crumb bum friends and you're putting it out there now yeah pain of truth they're fucking hopping but them motherfuckers are already fucking on their first US tour and I fucking love that they started in fucking October five months on a fucking US tour they just fucking announced a fucking tour at terror that's what you fucking do they had a fucking van, it blew up, they went and they got another fucking van. That's how you fucking do this shit. This shit isn't, I mean, there's a thousand bands that are made up on parents' money. I'm, I don't have any fucking problem with that. You know? I imagine if my mother had the kind of fucking money to give us all this crazy shit. She had a, a lot of crazy friends, would hook us up with vans with like, oh yo, this guy's gonna come over and look at this van because it's all fucked up. You know? A lot of crazy shit would go on, but I know everyone's parents, if they had the money, would help them out if they had it. So I don't shit on that stuff. But sometimes when people get given things, they don't take care of it because they don't understand the value of it. They figure, fuck it, well, you know, my parents got it, blah, blah, blah. 
Put some ownership in this shit. Get a fucking van. Take fucking care of it. You put something in it, you don't want no one to fucking steal it. Don't put no fucking air tag on it. Man, think about this shit. Wait for the cops to solve the riddle of where your fucking guitar is. Like they don't have 10,000 other fucking crimes to figure out first. That's another thing that makes me crazy. I've had people break into my motherfucking work truck that was locked down like a motherfucker in a fucking blizzard. Kicked through my back window in a fucking blizzard. Looked like a camel, two camel hump, and I saw my back window. I'm like, these motherfuckers finally got me. They stole some dumb shit, kind of fucked me up. I literally wasted time, but had to do it because I'm trying to be formal. Went down there, filed the paperwork, said, this is what's missing. They said, oh, yeah, we'll talk to the pawn shop division. Them motherfuckers ain't doing shit. They ain't finding shit. That's how the fuck it is. There ain't no fucking task force out there just following air tags all over to get guitars back. You got to protect your fucking neck. Wu-Tang told us that. Everyone's obsessed with Colder's life. No one's living like Colder's life. Didn't Colder's life. Didn't have someone sleep in the fucking van. Get the fuck out of here with that. It's fucking ridiculous. This tours, man, you got to do them. You got to get out there. It's so easy. Like, I mean, unfortunately with the internet, I bet there still is the Book Your Own Fucking Life website. It's all, it, not, nothing like the old days where you, but um, let me actually put this up real quick because I'm got my phone. No, but Vice, unfortunately, did a story, which means you know it's bad now. But Book Your Own Fucking Life was the book that I talked about a couple episodes where you could go in like a directory and you could look up promoters. But you don't need that directory no more. You have the motherfucking internet. You, If you're a young band and you like Pain of Truth, you hit up Michael and you go, Hey, Mike, where did you guys play in that place? Who was your promoter? They're going to fucking tell you. I've said this a thousand times on this podcast. Hardcore is a fucking open fucking source. You want to learn how to do something? Ask someone. They're going to help you. Only a dickhead would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't really get into that with you. It's like my secret sauce on how like, we went on tour. It's like, fuck out of here. Ain't no fucking secret sauce. It's fucking ridiculous. It's always people willing to fucking show somebody else the way. And there's always a way to do it that's right. And there's stupid fucking new ways that are wrong. I'll, I'll fucking die on that fucking thing. Some of these fucking ideas about touring. Some of these ideas about, you know, being professional in a fucking DIY setting. You know, it's fucking ridiculous. It's not even in my universe. I feel like I got fucking transported to another fucking dimension. Reading some of these fucking comments when someone gets their shit stolen. Like, no common sense. No thought to, like, protect your fucking shit. And, and I know that we're talking a lot about physical items, but that's a, one of the hardest things to do about tour. You go in a van, you gotta take care of that motherfucking van. You gotta go on a tour, and you gotta make sure that the shit that you bring comes the fuck back. And it don't come down to GoFundMe, you need to fucking protect your fucking shit. And then, like, you know, there's a lot There's a lot to be said about the age of availability and accessibility to things like merch. You know, like, there ain't, like, three companies in the world. There's thousands. I tell everybody, instead of having that one merch guy that's going to mail you merch from fucking Connecticut and you're California, link up with the guy from California. You know? You got to pay your bills, though. You got to make sure you're paying up on these merch companies. The merch companies are out money every time they give you stuff. And you should be thankful if you're lucky that someone's going to front you merch on your good name. Keep your name good. The best thing you can do as a touring band is keep your name good. And that's what I'm going to get into next. 
You want to keep your name good with the people that are setting you up a merch. You want to keep your fucking name good with the goddamn fucking promoters. I hear a story about a rock star band made up of rock stars. Didn't even want to load in their own vehicle. The venue's not that big that they can't just pair their own gear, but they're over it. I ain't going to. Someone else will do this shit. I'm beyond it. Bitch, if you're still in a van and you're still chasing a dream, you ain't beyond lifting gear. Pick that fucking shit up. Priority one for every band used to be get to the fucking venue. The minute you get to the venue, as long as loading time, I mean, you're not going to get to the venue. We've gotten the venues and slept outside because we had nowhere to go, nowhere to stay. But you get to the venue, your first job, like when you're on tour, you wake up and you go, okay, it's 7 a.m., we're driving here. Our first priority is to make sure that we are at the venue the earliest we can. Because your entire tour is based around playing these fucking shows. So getting to the fucking show is first fucking priority. Doesn't mean you do it first, but it means if you want to dick around and go see some sites, sometimes that shit has to be fucking succinct. Sometimes you can't get the whole gimmick. Can't go play in the fucking arcade. Eat that extra fucking burrito. Because you got to be at the fucking show to put your gear in, set your fucking merch up, and then the rest of your day unfolds. These fucking New York motherfuckers constantly show up in Philadelphia late. Oh, yo, bro, I don't even know how fucking far away. Like, thinking like, we're not eight hours, motherfucker. It's a hundred miles. Get your ass here. New York people, by far, are the fucking least considerate. Because they don't know how to, they leave. They think going from fucking New York City, Manhattan to Queens is like a fucking mission. For years, bands, oh, yeah, we book them on a Friday night. They don't have no idea when to fucking show up. The funniest was Marauder showing up on Black Friday in 2000 and uh, I think it was 13. And they show up and Jorge's like hiding in a van. He finally gets out in full white Mets drip after his whole band loaded out. And he's like, yo, man, yo, I forgot how fucking far away Philly was. He's like, bro, it was an hour and a half drive. What the fuck is going on with this world? <laughs> you know, like New York people do that. But your job as a be on tour is the the being at the show is priority one. I'm tired of bands saying, oh, we were going to come earlier, but, 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 but. Especially with DIY venues. Um, sometimes our entrances aren't a little as as easy to coordinate. Like when we have the church basement. I hate a band that shows up late and is trying to bring gear down. If I've got 300 kids trying to get into the one stairway we have. It shows a lack of respect for a promoter. Shows a lack of respect for the job that you decided to take on when you left your motherfucking house X amount of days ago, hundreds of miles ago, to play a fucking show. You get out of your fucking van that day, it shouldn't be what girl you're trying to fuck, who you're trying to link up with for a couple selfies, what tourism shit. You take care of the fucking show first. Now, if you got some time, you keep it sent. You get there early. What's wrong with fucking early? If you get somewhere early, you leave the shit, you get set up. Now you have all this time to play. You know, it's fucking simple. Happens all the time now. You know, I tell booking agents all the time, yeah, your fucking band was late. Dickheads. Shows a lack of respect for everyone else who's got to get their shit in. You know, and if you're, God forbid, you dick suck enough or you get a label and they get you a manager, a booking agent. You're going to be on a tour with a tour manager. That tour manager is going to eat into your asshole. The minute you get a bad fucking rep, which is why I'm going back to keeping your name good, <laughs> wait till you get a fucking tour manager. 
and you're on day three of being late. You don't think there's going to be internal emails? Hey, this band's keep being late. They're going to throw us off schedule. You know, it's you're not if if you're not your own tour, if your own tour, you have no excuse because this is the big thing. You probably got the sound check. You got shit you got to do. But if you're just opening, you have to be first. Because a lot of the times they check in the the main band and then they check in that first line check. But you have to be first to show everyone who's, uh, you know, we're paying this band 150 bucks. I don't know what they're going to be like. That you're pros. And it's not, you know, all the other shit we'll get into next. But there's nothing wrong with being a little fucking professional. Because the professional word is is pretty easy to fucking grasp and I, and I'll and I'll break it for you in case you don't know what the fucking means young professional people is the quote relating to or belonging to a profession engage in a specific activity as one main paid occupation rather as a pastime you want to be a pastime don't take a fucking 30 day tour you're on a fucking tour you show up on time you show up ahead of time if you're the first band or the second band, because you're on someone else's time. And even if you get a job and you're only doing this for a little bit, you are working with other people. And out of respect for the tour manager, the headlining bands, the support acts, pretend that you want to do this for real instead of just telling people that shit in podcasts and in interviews or you know telling your mom, I'm going to make this band big, you'll see. You want to be a big band, have respect for the fucking people who are loading in the clubs when there are loaders, or have respect for the fact it may take time to load. These are the things that are important. Bands, yeah, bands aren't going to get canceled on Twitter for it, which is all you motherfuckers care about these days, young men and women, is getting canceled. The fact is, is this is the shit that makes people go, oh, fuck, this is fucking bum asses. They don't bring their own gear, they're always fucking late. Fucking up, you know, they're not even there before doors. Make your shit serious. You know, you want us to take you seriously? Comes down to talking about money and shit, and you got a booking agent. They want to be treating you like you're fucking the next great thing, and you're out there acting like a fucking bum. Don't be a fucking bum. Be on time. Then you have all the time to dick around. When it comes to loading out, yeah, there's going to be places where you can hang out and chill. If you're hanging out and talking... And you see people all around you sweeping, cleaning, whether it's a club or a hall, read the fucking room. Yeah, I know that you worked your whole time to get to this point. The show's over and you're hanging. If you don't have a special room designated for you to not see everybody cleaning up in the room, then that means you should start cleaning up and get ready to get the fuck out of there too. I'll tell you what the fucking illest shit is. The bands with the highest pedigree, the most professional, the ones that people would be afraid to say, hey, can you move out of my way to grab this? They're never in the way because they've done these tours so fucking long. They know the routine. We play, we wipe ourselves down with our terry cloth towel, and then we get our shit out of the way in whatever way they do. So the people who have to break down the rooms, be it a real club, or a fucking hall can do what they have to do because that's the end of your day and our day don't end until the whole fucking room's clean and cleared the fuck out. That's a huge thing. And, and it means a lot, you know? And, 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 I'll, and I'll say that a lot of bands are pretty good with it, but there's still a lot of bands that 
I think need to hear that if you're in a band. Remember that when you show up to a room, you're on someone else's watch. Someone's got a kid to go home to, a dog to feed, maybe a job in the daytime to go to. When your ass is going to be sleeping in the van, if it's your turn to sleep in the van, or sleeping at a hotel, or maybe you're all sleeping in the van. You know, this shit is a way for some people to make extra money, or maybe it's their whole life is to work at this va- this va- this venue, and they've got to get up and be back in at 8 a.m. for the next load in. Have respect for the places that you're going to play. Have respect for the process that is the tour manager's job. Have respect for the fact that these bands are asking you to go on tour, and they're not asking you to be the greatest, biggest, best band. It's good if you are those things, but it starts with showing up. It starts with a little respect, and that'll keep your name fucking good longer than a bad record. Because if no one wants to tour with you, you're a bumass. You'll be playing solo with these dumbass bands that are going to be doing all the shit that we just said don't do. That's what's going to happen. You know, bands, it's unpredictable. You could write a great record and another record could come a week later and smash it. You could write a record but not have a label that puts promotion into it and people may have not heard it. But I'm telling you, you want glory... It's in the road. You get in the van. You take the songs. You put them in front of the people. That's the simplest way. I probably have tons of people who've been on the show and more to come that'll tell you how to do best with mass media marketing, do be- do better in the promotion game. People how to, uh, you know, make sure you're on all the uh, platforms. You should be doing TikToks and Reels. That's much less important than owning a fucking van, taking your shit out on the road, and making it fucking happen. And, and I'll tell you what, there's a ton of bands that I thought were ass. And they still fucking are. But somewhere out there is some dickhead in the thousands who love music that actually sounds exactly like ass. And these motherfuckers have whole careers. And it's insane to think that these dickheads for 12 to 15 years have been touring on the worst fucking music I've ever heard. But it always started out with that first tour. So, you want to make something yourself? Stop trying to write that hype. Stop trying to copy something that's cool right now. Make something you like. Make something you feel and you're fucking, like you can't get, you can't believe you're so excited to play the fucking song. Don't go through the motions. Don't half-ass it. Don't cosplay. Be the best version of yourself. Make your songs as strong as they can be. Make your set as tight as they can be, which is the next thing about keeping a good name. I understand that bands now play about 15 minutes. I get it. It's the cool thing. No question. Make those 15 minutes feel like the most polished motherfucking thing in this world. You know? If you only got 15 minutes, it should even be easier. When you're out here playing, and it's not just for I mean, yeah, it's always just for fun. But if you're trying to get your name up, whew, nothing says getting your name up better than having a tight machine. Now, if you saw Shadow Realm, got to work on that Chris Marguerite, man. But for the most part, when a band is in its touring phase, rehearsing, not practicing or writing, but rehearsing, picking the songs that are going to be muscle memory into your fucking brain, but also remember in this muscle memory, if you a band that has more than one release and you're not brand new and you're out there trying to get it, have a couple backups. Don't be afraid to go, all right, fuck. We try to 
show this song off, they're not feeling it, drop the hard shit. Whatever you need to do. Years ago, Killing Time played the fest and he had a new record. They played one song from it and Anthony looked at the crowd and said, fuck this. Just the old shit to Carl and Rich McLaughlin, R.I.P. And that was what a, they just abandoned their whole other set said, we're only doing the old shit. And it was great. Sometimes you need that audible. But before you have enough songs to have the audible, make your presentation strong. Yeah, you want to get out there. Yeah, you want to be the band that everyone's talking about. Make your shit fucking hard in the sense of it doesn't matter to be heavy hard, but like make it so fucking tight and fucking strong that it's invaluable because you know it like the back of your hand. That's the best I could tell you because a new band that's tight, it's going to sound a lot better than a band that's like, ah, oh, they're all right, but they're kind of half-assed and then they go through the motions. They're, they're friends with everybody, so everybody moshes for them. Go out there and blow people's fucking heads away. Make a name, get a van. Put shit in that van. Take care of this shit in the van. Go places and treat the places you go like you're happy to be there and that you want to go further. You know, there's a lot of, I don't even know the right word, self-aggrandizing comes to mind. A lot of, you know, faking the funk, be another way to put it. A lot of people that love to just talk about the hardships of being on the road and we'll never know what it's like. And it's like, bitch, you've been in a band for two years of whole life. No one on Twitter or Instagram needs to hear about the hard knock life. Tomorrow you get a job as a plumber, you'll make more than you'll ever make in that bum ass band. It's a real shit. Plumbers make more than you. Somebody who sticks their hand with a glove, hopefully. And grabs a turd and pulls it out of a pipe. Makes more money than your labor of love, you fucking cockroach. So I don't want to hear about your the hard thing about being away from your family. The struggles of being on the road. Man, it's a fucking gift. If you're able to tour and play your music, it is a fucking privilege. And should be treated as a blessing from the Almighty. Everything that changed my life happened by leaving Philadelphia, being exposed to new people, being exposed to new places, learning about the myriad of different variations of our culture in so many different ways, but also seeing all the different sides of America. Everything changes when you start touring. The band has face-to-face time with people now because of fucking stupid social media. You guys have been chatting forever. But you're exposing yourself and your music to new people every day. And that's the goal. The the minute, small amount of bands that last five years is pretty serious. Ten, it's even less. Fifteen, twenty, when you have a real audience and they're still able to tour... It's hard. Most bands within five to eight years are pretty much over with because they don't get to the point where they should tour enough to make a solid living. So they have to focus also on real life, real relationships, making real money, unless you're just a rich kid, but we're not talking about them today. This is about the grinders. This is about the ones that want to work for this. All this shit can be yours. Your band could be ass. Punishment was not a very good band. We had good ideas. We didn't put them in place. 
I learned a lot of this stuff by mistake of fucking up and jotting it down in my head forever. You know, a lot of bad application of good intentions. But I've seen some god-awful bands just stick with it and build an audience, which shows me that people like really bad bands and that people that work hard will succeed regardless of what happens as long as they put their best foot forward and push hard or they ball wash a lot. I would not suggest ball washing. I would suggest working hard, being on the road, and bro, you don't got to go to Pensacola, Florida. If you're from Philly, get up to fucking Albany. Go to fucking Worcester, Mass. Play a show in Maine. Do the things. You might only have these stories to tell your kids once. I know a lot of friends who were on the road and what the road did for them showed them that it was fun, but that's not going to be what they want to do for the rest of their natural lives. Few people are Scott Vogel. Few people are Freddie Manball. Even few, there's almost no one like Roger Murray. And even seeing like the circle jerks and the adolescents, negative approach, seven seconds on tour. These are our pioneers. These are our fucking forefathers. Seeing them out on this long road, you know, on these different shows, it's fucking unbelievable to think that guys who were doing this music 40-something years ago still got it in them to do it. But I know why. It's because they fucking remember them times. And also because the fans and the people that they touched over decades still want this shit. But they all did it the same way. They made some songs. They played some shows. People started hearing about them one way or the other, or they took it on the road so people could hear them. It's another thing. Maybe it's not working where you're at. Maybe you got to travel and play where it really is popping. You know, Philly, a lot of reasons why punishment wasn't the creme de la creme. A lot of it was Sonic. A lot of it was chaos. We left Philly. People loved the band. It was wild. You know, the opposite was true. I think we were most loved in the East Coast in Shadow Realm. And everywhere else it was cool, it was fun, but our best shows were an hour from home. Which is like the complete diametric opposite punishment. But if you don't know how to be on the road, you don't want to get that first van, you don't want to take care of it, not get your shit stolen, not know how to show up and be the band that makes it easy when you don't have a booking agent and you don't have a manager who can threaten a booking agent or promoter with, if you don't book this band, then I'm not going to sell you this other thing. You're just some bum-ass band who's just out there willy-nilly and showing up late, no fucking gear, acting like a jerk-off, staying late, being a problem. People are not going to want to fuck with you. Don't matter how cool the young kid on Twitter, like that motherfucker is going to be over you in two years when the next shit comes out. Now, record drops every Friday, motherfucker. It's what you work on. It's a fucking presentation that you fucking put into every fucking minute. You leave that motherfucking house with your fucking bag and your pillow and your fucking van that's going to count. Make it fucking count. Don't half-ass it. The road is the way. Ain't no band ever made without the road. People talk shit, say hype, hype, hype. I'm going to tell you that turnstile worked their fucking ass off. In the studio, in their sound, but on the fucking road. Them motherfuckers have been touring. They've been on a rise to success for eight years fucking straight. And 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 that and that platform was there in part because of what Justice 
and TUI did that those guys were kind of able to have a platform to start with and bounce from. There was already that fucking built blueprint already in fucking place. Talk about that terror. Remember that man was in fucking despair. <laughs> I love emphasizing a, a, con- a syllable. A fucking Vogel was in despair. But, you know, before that he was in slugfest and buried alive. We're talking about a road motherfucker. Motherfucker only knows the road. So many people who get in a van and that's all they want to feel is the fucking wheels under them. They don't want to be where they're at. Half of fucking hardcore music is written on people who aren't happy sitting down in the fucking place that they're at because where they're at is fucking hell. And they write music that gives relief to people who are sitting in a hell and they know someone else feels like they fucking are there with them. That's the fucking beauty of this fucking shit. So you need to get the fuck on the fucking road and play the songs that make you feel better for someone who needs to fucking feel better. The playing matters. The songs definitely fucking matter. But all the other shit, the touring, the and this is like a fucking breeze over. I could fucking write 10 fucking books on this shit that if you toured this way, and it's not, well, you got to look up and ball wash this manager, and he's going to get you booking agent. You might have a man. It's showing the fuck up on time. Having gear that fucking sounds bomb. Knowing your songs inside and out. Not being half-assed. You get to the van, you fucking... You put your shit away. You get to the venue. You make sure your shit's nice and clean. You make sure your fucking guitar is where it needs to be. You make sure you have your shit in order. You know? These are the tools of the fucking trade. This is the minute you walk off the job that you're at. You go and get in the van. This is your fucking trade. Make this fucking shit right. Play these fucking songs for the people that need to fucking hear them. The way that you need to fucking cathartically release them. And you will find something. This half-ass shit, it's not a Twitter account, it's not an Instagram, it's not a fucking band camp, it's not a triple B or a fucking pure noise, it's what you put into this. And no one fucking says this, they just think it just fucking magically happens. You know why Pain of Truth is so good? Is because that fucking Michael busted his fucking ass in fucking Hangman. You know, so many bands bust their ass and start something else. And that next thing's the thing. I tell everybody... How many times it's not been the fucking band the first time I meet? And you know, I am older. I'm a young old, I like to say. It's 25 years of booking show. I have no problem throwing that in fucking everyone's face. LOL. But yeah, it's the truth. Do you know how many times it wasn't the band's, it was the guy's first band? Sometimes not even the second band that they had that was the pop. But they stayed with the game and they stayed with the program. They took the experience from the first band. They took experience from the second band. And it was the third band that fucking made it. Now, there are some jokers in some of these bands I've been shit-talking anonymously. Or not anonymously, but I'm not going to bring them up and hurt their feelings. But there are some jokers just laying around, just crabbing in the next band that sucks, in the next band that sucks, in the next band that sucks. But no one's there to tell them, and they've managed to eke out some form of existence, being in shitty bands and just touring. But... You look at a guy like fucking Frank, Three Guns, Nova Nick, Integrity, Ringworm, gets called up to the leagues for terror, and then Big Daddy Hatebreed pulls him in. That's that pedigree shit. Sometimes there's these bands, whether it's the fucking Terrors, whether it's the fucking Hatebreeds, you know, there are bands made up of the best elements of other bands. You know, Terror, as I said, when you ever heard the Scott Vogel episode, they're like the fucking Avengers. Some of the best bands in hardcore right now, even the older bands, 
the older bands especially, fucking Sammy from fucking Gorilla Biscuits is fucking playing drums for fucking seven seconds. Who are his favorite bands of all time? Homeboy from the Necros been in fucking uh, negative approach. You want to talk about when you get to be a seasoned musician in the hardcore scene or punk scene and you know your shit and you can follow everything I fucking just said, you're easy to deal with on tour. You're not a total cunt. You don't have fucking problems that make being in a van hard to be around you and you can play. Man, it don't matter if you can't write songs that well. They got songs, motherfucker. You just got to get in a fucking thing and play. Now, I ain't saying Three Guns has got some rips. I'm not saying anybody has his name, but... That is another reality. You could be building up just to be the guy who joins a band that's already got something popping. The longer a band is out on the road, the original members fall off left and right. It's like a pirate or Viking ship. People die. You know? People die. The ship got to keep going. They put new people on the fucking ship. There's so many avenues where this can still be successful. So many people that took bands. The initial reason for this podcast, not this episode, but this podcast in general, was talking about how hardcore can expose people to different things and change their lives, start careers that aren't based in colleges, or maybe go to college and realize I don't fucking need it and I can already do it because I learned so many things in hardcore and punk. This whole podcast was initially going to be based a lot around that, but I love talking to dudes about their life experience in hardcore. I love hearing stories, and it kind of seeds a lot of stuff in background as we go and talk and have other conversations. So when I talk to you about this shit, remember that sometimes this bad band that you're at right now, getting that road experience, going on the road, meeting people, knowing people, you might get recruited to the fucking big leagues. You never fucking know. It's always there for you, but you got to get out there. You got to do it. But you can't just be a fucking dickhead. And, you know, spring is here. Tour season is coming. Mandates are being lifted. We're back. A lot of new bands started. This is the fucking, this is even the 101. This is like the, if, you, if you're leaving, this is the bare minimum you should fucking know. If you're trying to make your band something, go out on that road, make something fucking happen. So, maybe I'll do more of this. Maybe I'll bring someone and we could go further. Maybe you can get on the comments and tell me to go fuck myself. I don't care. This is my little bit of uh if you're going to get in the van, this is what you need to know. Also, I know you guys hate books and people who aren't 22 years old, but one of the greatest hardcore books about touring is still Henry Rollins Get in the Van. And I think that you should check it out because everybody who's ever toured has hopefully read that and it's fucking fantastic. So, to quote Gump, that's all I got to say about that. Make sure you're checking out tihcpodcast.com. Thank you once again to Andrew and Combust for the track. I was going to get into it, but I decided to use it to the end. I am always looking to play songs. In fact, 99% of the songs that are played, no one sends me. A couple times Lumby sent me, some one time Carter sent me. I usually ask people for shit. Or I find shit and just put it up to help bands I like. You know? So, if you got a track... And when we play it, I'll fucking play it. As long as I don't have something dedicated for that Friday, I'll play it. We're going to play it the next week. You know, my man hit me up. Yo, can you play it? I said, I got something this week. I'll hit you next week. And, and, and that's all I can do. I'm always open to listen to tracks. I'm really excited for stuff that's going on with This Is Hardcore. We still have so many crazy Philly hardcore shows in the fucking works that it's absolutely fucking bananas. April's going to be a wild month. May is out of his fucking mind. June's just starting and it's like, what the fuck? I can't believe we already have this shit going on. And July, we've got This Is Hardcore. There's so much going on in hardcore. 
Support it all. Check out shit. Buy merch. If you're out on the road, show up early. Don't be a cunt. Thank you so much. Take care.